Welcome into episode 61 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by my good friend Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at by CA Simmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. And we're already back again. I don't mean to like, I don't mean to like insult your intro because I'm not trying to insult it because you always do a very good job, but you pause like you forgot your own name. You're like, welcome in. I am. Yeah. I was going to say I'm joined. I was going to say I'm joined as always. And then I realized, wait, I need to say my name first. Every like every like seven or eight podcasts, I'd like do something where I kind of just trip over it. And it wouldn't be a big deal, except I go out of my way to call it out every single time. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone really would have said anything <laughs> until. Yeah, I was like, I, I noticed it in my brain, but I was like, all right, maybe he'll just won't say something. Then I saw you laugh and I was like, nah, he's going to he's going to say it's it. just because you also like you had a quizzical look on your face like it just looked from my perspective like you really were like oh what come oh bailey adam my okay. quizzical look was like why do i why does this happen <laughs> but yeah we're back again already if you listen to episode 60 which we recorded literally two days ago we explained how we wanted to you know we would we wanted our podcast to be about the football schedule coming out but then the aac had not released it at that point and said oh maybe it could be later this week we don't really know and then well, we so we published the podcast and it was out on Wednesday. And by Wednesday, it was like, oh, our schedule's coming out tomorrow. So here we are. Yeah, you get I, a bonus, you get a bonus episode. I found out that the schedule was coming on Thursday, like hours after we finished recording on Tuesday, and was not happy about that. So, but <laughs> here we are. So that's cool. I thought our I thought our draft podcast went really well. And now it's just gonna get absolutely buried. And I don't know if anyone will listen to it because it usually yeah. takes a few days, but it was a lot of fun. And I hope everyone will go back and listen to it because it is it's never evergreen thing. I mean, everybody skips the news anyway, right? But um the actual topic itself like the draft we drafted our all-time offenses that's like evergreen so you can go back and listen to that at any time well to our day one listeners congrats you basically got a bonus podcast so and if you're listening to this one go back and listen to that one because guess what we're doing next week the defense so you'll need to you know we'll probably have to recap our offense teams for all the people that didn't listen but anyway oh yeah we will for sure but here today it's gonna be probably a quicker one but this bonus episode will be just breaking down ucf's 2022 schedule which it's always a fun time when the schedule comes out because you can look and like feels like, oh, wow, like the season, the season's actually like a tangible thing that's coming. But then you kind of sit back and realize, well, it's still February, so we got some ways to go. Yeah, but at least but, now I can be like, I know where I'll be barring like a yeah. hurricane on like or a pandemic. That's I have to throw that one in there now on September yeah. 24th. But man, uh, let me tell you, um, I've spent like I, I definitely earned a reputation for myself last offseason as being the like calm down about UCF and stop being ridiculous guy. <laughs> which it, it, you know i earned and i stand by that reputation because you guys were being ridiculous and look who was proven right in the end me after the whole team got injured so um i just full disclosure like i think ucf should be incredibly good this year this schedule yeah. sets up so damn nicely there is the slight issue of we don't know who the quarterback is and i recognize that that's a big part of a team most of the time um and is the case for ucf but i i don't know like i i just we already knew the games and we already knew that this schedule was going to set up nicely but it the only like other than Memphis and Cincinnati being in back-to-back weeks, this is like a really, really handy schedule. Handy? Yeah, let me... Huh? I don't know. I said a handy schedule. That's not the right word. Like, <laughs> like the schedule's not going to come in handy. Doing. I don't know. Like, like I really right. just... I don't know. I didn't want to say a good schedule because a good schedule... Like, I feel like when people say good schedule, it means like a competitive an schedule. An advantageous schedule. An advantageous... Like thank you. Yeah. Advantageous. Yeah. This is a very advantageous schedule. Yeah, let me run through it real quick, and then we can kind of go through some of our quick takeaways, but... Uh, UCF will open up on Thursday, September 1st uh, at home against South Carolina State. September 3rd. And then, no, it's September 1st. Oh, you're right. You're right. Never mind. Christian, Christian, Christian. That's that Saturday. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm looking at the UCF's graphics. So I was like, if I got it wrong, they got it wrong. <laughs> um, they'll be back week two. They have a Friday night game on the 9th of September against Louisville. Their first road game, quote unquote road game, uh, is week three on September 17th at FAU. They'll be back in the bounce house the following Saturday, the 24th of September against Georgia Tech. Starting October on um, for week five, starting conference play, home against SMU on October 1st. Then they have a bye week. And then coming out of the bye week, they play on Thursday, uh, October 13th against Temple. Then they hit the road again the following Saturday, uh, October 22nd against ECU. Then this is the stretch that you kind of just mentioned. They're back home October 29th against Cincinnati before going on the road on November 5th against Memphis. And they close it out with a stretch of games at Tulane on November 12th, home against Navy on November 19th. And then the war on I-4 against South Florida in Tampa will be either November 25th, Black Friday, or the 26th. I guess the AAC is going to decide that by the early October window, which that's a weird little Which to me on... makes me think that it's going to be on Saturday, which what a way to send they're going to see what well, they're going to see USF that's bad again. They're like, we're not putting this game on. Friday. Is there, I mean, I don't, I haven't like that. We're at, about at the time of year where I need to start looking into how the other teams expect themselves to be. I don't think there's any reason to expect USF to be good. I assume they'll be better. I yeah, would I hope they would be. They'll be improved. I would say, but and it's not yeah. hard to be better than two and 10. Like that it's really, true. you know, I mean, plus you look at their schedule and <laughs> they really should maybe not lose 10 games, but anyway, um, they're also, I'm looking at the AC schedule. They're playing a team whose logo is a Buffalo. I don't know who that is, but that's Howard Howard. Oh, they're playing Howard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're so, definitely going one and three in non-conference play, right? BYU, Florida, Louisville. Yeah. Not a chance. Um, maybe they are going to be bad. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, I'm going to say something that is like, I'm going to absolutely regret in like eight months, but like, listen, Good. regardless of who the quarterback is, unless we have dramatically misread the quarterback situation, we actually have three terrible guys in there, which does not seem likely. UCF should not be worse than six and one going into the Cincinnati game at the end of October. They just should. Yeah, not. I would agree with that. It's it's so annoying because this is what I did last offseason. I was like, obviously like, they've got so much talent. Like, plus they also we knew that we knew the quarterback. Yeah, so but last like, offseason I tried to caution you, and this time I'm just egging you on. Like they should yeah, be very. That's good. a problem. They're I think they're <laughs> going to be very good, and I think any of the three quarterbacks should be able because I guess the thing is there's so much talent in these other positions that as long as the quarterback doesn't come in and just massively be awful like if they're not throwing three interceptions a game and costing the team games late in the game like i can't imagine them being i, I don't want to i don't even want to we're gonna do it later i guess we're gonna throw out a record we are gonna, gonna go win, win loss we're gonna go game by game but which again we're just, doing it without a quarterback i think we should we yeah. should i'm actually curious if at some point we should do a podcast like discussing the season from the perspective of each potential quarterback. Like what does a season look like with Tommy Castellanos? What does a season look like with JRP? That might be like a good summer podcast because I think not that the spring game will tell us anything. I'm going to try to make it tell us stuff, but I don't know. Just right. If we did that right now, I would say for literally all three quarterbacks, I would feel pretty similar about the season. I, I know have, that I know this not is much counter, of a differentiator. This is counter to the, like the thing, of the fan base, I would feel the least confident with JRP. And I know that sounds dumb, but like the thing I just can't get around with him is like, I just, I'm not convinced he's actually a dual threat guy. Like, I feel like people take dual threat to mean he can use his legs. No, that means that you actually are a threat in two different ways. And he's just, <laughs> he's not a good passer at all. So unless there's been some sort of dramatic improvement in there, which seems unlikely since he was playing at a different position for the last couple of years, I don't trust him yeah. to throw the ball. And, you know, I trust, I trust Tommy and I trust Mikey. So that's my take on that. But anyway, back to the actual football schedule. You look at the, you look at all the pre Cincinnati games and the only two that I could realistically see as losses are Louisville and SMU. 
And I don't see them dropping both of those, especially since they're right. both at home. I mean, let's not forget UCF has not lost a home game with a couple with like an actual crowd, you know, in 2020, they only have like 8,000 people. They're like a legitimate home game. They haven't lost since 2016. So unless they're <laughs> playing like Alabama or Ohio state at home, I kind of just assume they're going to win all the home games. And guess what? They're was, playing all the good teams at home. <laughs> I was telling you, cause I knew we were going to go through like game by game and try to do this. And I was like, looking at the schedule before we even had the schedule, I was like, knowing the opponents, I was like, who am I going to pick them to lose against? I was like, looking at, I was like, even we don't know who the quarterback is, but I was like, looking at all this, like they could win all of these games and I'm not yeah. going to be the guy that's going to be like, Oh, they're going 12 and zero. So I have to the pick them to thing, lose a game or two, but I'm like, which games? Like the other thing is they have what they have four home, four road games. Well, five. Yes. I forgot USF. Wait, I forgot right. USF. They have five. <laughs> the thing about this is literally of those five, there is only one where I don't think that they're going to have the majority of the stadium. And that's ECU. I think every other game there will be Memphis. will see Memphis's fans disappear quick if they're bad and they were not particularly good last year. So if Memphis isn't great, I think UCF will have like match number of fans in there. USF. It's always mostly UCF fans. FAU their one modern sellout to date is still when UCF took over their stadium. So that's the thing is like, I'm just looking at the schedule. I'm trying to figure out where the losses come from. And I, that's a really dangerous place to be in, but I am. I'm trying I was to telling out. you, I was like, I was like, the only games I could see them losing would be home games. So they play the tougher teams at home, but I'm like, I don't, I can't predict them to lose a home game. So I'm like looking at it. I'm like, they just don't lose at home. You look at Cincinnati. I recognize that Cincinnati was very good this past season. They lost Ritter, which, you know, to some is probably a big deal to me. It might be an improvement. We'll see. They lost Ritter. They lost like most of their defense. They did. I, I know they have a really good two class top coming corners. in, but they're two top corners. I know they have a good class coming in, but they did virtually nothing in the transfer portal except taking their transfer quarterback from Eastern Michigan back. And you're telling me that Cincinnati's going to come in to the bounce house for homecoming with UCF fans hating them as much as they hate UCF. And I, I just don't see a scenario where Cincinnati walks out of that with a win. Unless, unless again, played, UCF is just dramatically worse than we're anticipating. Which they haven't unlike. played in a full bounce house since 2018, the college game day game. And in that season, Cincinnati was went 11-2. and two. They were a really, really good team, and UCF just clowned them. I mean, literally just ran That's when Ritter field. was a freshman. Yeah, Ritter and got pres- – I mean, yeah, Presumably, up. like, they're going to be – I mean, it's late enough in the season where, like, whoever their new quarterback is. But that was a late game, game late in the season, too. It just depends on, I guess, if you think UCF is going to be at a similar level as they were in 2018. It's not the same thing. It's not the same comparison. But, but I don't think that's UCF was like a like a good but not great team in 2021, and they still won all their home games. Like yeah. that, it's just it's no, more just than imagining... the team itself. The bounce house is a freaking hard place to win. Right, and I'm just imagining just like as as good as Cincinnati was in 2018, they they weren't even on the same level playing in that stadium in that atmosphere against that UCF team weren't even close. And I'm wondering if they have a newer quarterback this year and they're kind of rebuilding a little bit, they still could be good this year, but I don't know if they're not going to be at the same, they're not going to be at the 2020 and 2021 levels that they were again in 2020 in an 8,000 seat or 8,000 fan atmosphere, they almost lost. And UCF was not good in 2020. The only time UCF has not been competitive against Cincinnati is when UCF went to Cincinnati with literally half a team. That's the only time that Cincinnati's got an easy win. So yeah. I just don't buy it. I, I told you, I told you my record prediction for Cincinnati is I think there's a shot they go nine and three, but I'm going to predict they start five and one and finish eight and four. They've got a really front loaded, easy schedule. And then they, I mean, the second half of their schedule, they play SMU, UCF, Navy, and SMU and UCF are both road games, ECU, Temple, Tulane. I think ECU might be a problem this year. We might want to talk about that. That that to me might be their surprise, like could be an issue game. But I, I picked Tulane for that role last year and then Tulane went two and 10. Um <laughs> But Tulane also almost beat Oklahoma, so in a way I was right just for a week. 
but True. yeah, I, I, I just, you know, like I'm, I, like I said, I'm just trying to pick the losses. I don't think I can oh, I'm gonna regret this so much. I don't, and like I said, unless the quarterback situation is way different than we're anticipating, I don't envision more than two losses in the regular season. I yeah, don't see that's That's what I was struggling with, like not saying a few minutes ago is like, I can't see them losing more than two games. But then again, I feel like a lot of fan bases, I feel like it's more realistic looking at it. But of course, I'm going to feel that way. But I feel like a lot of fan bases look at their schedule and they're like, oh, like what games are we going to lose? If, and, you know, some people, some of those, some of those takes aren't grounded in reality. But I like to think that our, ours, ours are. I mean, I don't see, like, I'm looking at their schedule right now and like nine, I can count out nine games that I'm like, I see no reality where they lose that game. Yeah. I, I mean, think. again, the caveat with the throwing much we should have given ourselves last year, unless half the team gets injured. If half the team gets injured, who knows what will happen. But in the team at its current form, I don't see more. That, like, I, it's the thing I've said on past podcasts. You're, they're playing nine games in the state of Florida. So if you just hold yourself to only winning games in the state of Florida, the worst you can yeah. be is nine and three. And then win one of the games against ECU, Memphis, and Tulane. Which um, I, 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 Tulane I'm not worried about. Um, Memphis, yeah. I don't know. They're kind of a question mark because they had a weird bad year, and I just I I don't know enough about them yet to know if they're going to yeah. bounce back from that. Did you know? Well, you know because I told you. I was looking at because we're as far as the Power Five games, which uh, you know UCF's about to have a whole lot more of those every year. Um, I feel like everyone's talking about the Louisville game, and I was like, it's Georgia Tech. Should we worry about Georgia Tech? And I told you Georgia Tech hasn't beaten a team with a winning record in four years. That's yeah, shocking to me. How has that coach not been fired? <laughs> like, I don't look at Georgia Tech and like and think, oh, that's scary. Well, it's great because, and I know we dealt with it in 2020 when UCF went there, but remember that Georgia Tech fans still hold that they're like, UCF ducked us in 2017 when the National yeah. Guard took over the stadium because of an impending hurricane that had the city evacuating. Um, they ducked us, and if we played them, we would have beat them. They, I think they went five and six that year. So I just, yeah. it, so you know, they're not a good team. So I'm not, I'm I, just, I, don't I don't remember if I ended up sending it to you, but I looked back at a tweet, or it was a, it was a screenshot I had of a Georgia Tech fan saying i forget exactly what it was they were like it was before the 2020 game where they were like i can't see any scenario where ucf comes in here and blows us out like says a bunch of stuff (laughs) that like ended up just not being true um yeah i'm gonna have to bring that up again probably once we get to september but yeah i mean i think it's more people see the louisville game too and like think about last year and ucf struggling to contain malik cunningham and And he's coming back isn't he i think so that's the thing is it's hard to like do all of this and not know for sure like what each team's going to be like which is what we'll like we'll get into that more in the offseason we have a long time to go before yeah this is we get first to September. i will have talked myself into eight and four by august um <laughs> but no I, and like i said and that's still an issue because it's been ucf's achilles heel for like a billion years as the mobile quarterback they actually were getting better at that by the end of this past season yeah while they dealt with they dealt with just. um i forget uss quarterback's name again timmy mcclain timmy mcclain there you go uh you know who else they dealt with like no problem ritter they yeah. really handled Ritter. Um, they lost by 35, but they did really handle Ritter. So that's something. Um, yeah, I mean, they just didn't handle what's that? What was that running back? Jerome Ford? Jerome Ford. He was amazing. Um, I think Ritter he ran was for like more than 200 yards. Oh, four touchdowns. Nice. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but wanna, yeah, I, go ahead. Do you have anything else that sticks out to you before we go through the game by game? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I just want to say that Temple is the space. Oh, I have two things I want to say. Temple is the space game, and that's very exciting because Temple now becomes the first ever two-time space game opponent. And the which, last one was a Thursday, too. Yeah, and what I realized is I don't know why, like, you kind of flexes on Temple with uniforms a lot. Like, you look back every year, like, twenty in the modern uniform era, first year, it was their, their first ever surprise helmet. It was the white helmet with the chrome night head, the old night head now, because we have a new one. 
Um, 17, it was whatever. I think it was just white, white anthracite with chrome gold. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I think I know them all. I, I, ha- I know them all, but like, you know, sometimes that makes yeah. me look like a freak. So I try to act like I'm actually thinking of it instead of just knowing it. 18 was space. 19 was black, white, black, which is now famous as the Florida combo. 20, they did that awesome. It was the black ops. It was the all blackout with the black night head mm-hmm. on the black helmet. And then 21 was the um, combo that I really liked with the white knight head jersey and the script knights. Like, it's just, I don't know what it is about Temple that, like, UCF just seems to flex on them with you. You know, until, every year. until the Gasparilla Bowl, that was the last game that we covered together. Temple in 2018. That's right. I got in a fight with this guy in the press box whose name I'll not say, but I don't even think he covers the team anymore. But because I remember that, like, because that was a closer game than people remember. Yeah. And I, and he had just taken the stance that it didn't matter if they lost. He was like, well, whatever, if they lose, they'll still get in the year six, whatever. And I was like, they're going to lead the division. And I was just getting so mad. And then at one point, like UCF, a lot of touchdown, I'm typing loudly. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm looking up who our opponent's going to be in the cure bowl because you don't seem to get that. That's what happens if they lose this game. So yeah. I'm still, I'm still mad about these years later. It's amazing. Sometimes how you get people like, well, he was a student, so I get it, but it's like people who cover the team and don't understand the basics of how like the, you know, league works. Yeah. They so ended up annoying. Winning that game 52 to 40. 52 to 40. It was a great game. It was. The Funny. closest space game to date, I believe. Yeah. I don't think any others have been competitive. 17 wasn't. 19 wasn't. 21. Um, 20 wasn't. 21, 21 sort of. Was. Not really. 17 points, bit. right? It's 24 to 7. So, yeah. 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 Um, well, the other thing I wanted to say really quickly was that, and you were, like, sort of arguing with me on this, and I understand because I think I'm very in the minority, but, like, I, I like weeknight, weeknight games. Like people are mad that UCF is playing three. Like I think weeknight games are great for a couple of reasons. One, it's awesome exposure for UCF. Like I was saying to you, the Temple game, if that's on a Saturday that same week, it's like a noon kick on ESPN plus. And instead they're probably going to get like a million, two million people to watch it. Great exposure for the space uniforms. And it, it just, it gives UCF a stage they don't normally have. And that's extra important this year since it's their last year's a group of five team. And second, if you're a diehard college football fan like me, I like to have Saturday to just relax and watch college football and not miss a huge chunk of the slate going to my team's game or having to get ready to go. And I, and, and like I said, the big caveat is here. I'm not a tailgater. I've never tailgated. Yeah. I just, I, so that's, I guess the big difference, but I don't know. People are really mad about that. I'm like, you're still getting, that's the thing Saturday is games. you, yeah, you, um, the points you just made, I don't disagree with either of them. Like those are, those are the pros of the weeknight games, but yeah, like I was, like I was telling you over text, like it's not, not so much for me either. Cause I'm not like, I don't really tailgate much. But for those games, like especially the Thursday games, your average fan isn't going to be like able to take the day off or like get an early like early release from work to go tailgate for a few hours and then go to the game. They're probably heading straight from work to the stadium and they're missing that part of that part of the atmosphere and that part of the the whole thing of the, their fall schedule. So I understand that. Um, I think I had another point. Oh, well, just I, from, I mean, I just understand from my it, but it's like if you're a from, li- go ahead. From my standpoint, also living in Tampa and like living in another city, like it's going to be, I'm going to come to all the games. That's the plan for right now anyway, but that's two Thursday games. I'm going to have to like take the day off of work to drive up from Tampa on Thursday and then go to the game. Okay. Well, that's your fault for moving away. I I mean, I mean, I'm just saying it's it's a wider, like it's a wider thing than it's it's different people's different experiences. I don't know. Okay. So let me ask you a question. I'm about to piss off our entire family that doesn't live in Orlando, which is most um what's more important to like a, from a brand building perspective is it like no the it's 10, not that's, the fans that's not, the, that's not who, the argument that's a little bit of an inconvenience or is it the extra two million people who are going to watch ucf on tv like it's uh, like my explanation take. it was just my explanation for people being upset they're upset because it's affecting them like they can't it doesn't i mean I've, i'm sure they would admit no yeah, i get that it, but it's, it's not like the entire schedule is weeknight games 
no no it's like two but it's just you know i think part of it is we talk about how like all off season like the off season's so long and the season's so short and you have what seven home games they're like and i guess different now because they have also games they can travel to in the state but of the seven home games i'm sure fans are like oh i would like to have you know six full tailgates or seven full tailgates i don't know that's, that's i guess that's what it comes down to for me is i just don't i've never cared about tailgating and yeah. part i mean which i get because i went straight from i was a kid which when you're a kid tailgates are far less interesting um to then i went to college and immediately started covering the team so i just never did i never really did the tailgating i think i've tailgated yeah. for like one game and we i've discussed those past podcasts uh, guys i for those of you who get trashed for like a 2 p.m kick in 85 degree weather <laughs> like i don't understand like i more power to you, but man, you are a trooper in ways I am not. Um, but yeah, so I like I said, I know I'm gonna get heat for that because I'm probably on the wrong. But I just I, like I'm always looking at stuff from a wider perspective, which yeah, no, I you're, you're and I'm just kind of like obviously. like I think it's worth it to do that a couple times a year because that's how UCF sort of gets more into people's minds outside of Orlando. And to me, that's worth sacrificing conveniences for some of the fan base for a game or two, not like the whole season. If UCF was like we're going full action and we're gonna play the entire <laughs> conference slate on Thursday nights, I'd be like, okay, well, that's really not fair to season ticket holders or your fan base, but for a showcase game or two each year, I think it's fine. Like Louisville on a Friday night is going to be a way bigger deal than if it was tucked somewhere on Saturday. Oh yeah. No, that the Friday one doesn't bother. It's more the Thursday ones where I'm thinking like, Oh, it's a little bit inconvenient. Okay. I'll give you one Thursday one. That's stupid. I don't understand why SC state is a Thursday. Yeah. I was going to bring that up, but I don't, I mean, we don't have to really get into why it's just, there's going to be other Thursday night, like kickoff games that are going to be more interesting than no one. That's have still, you ever sat down game, what, on ESPN plus? Like I consider us pretty massive college football fans, like on the spectrum of like normal humans. Like, have you ever just watched like more than a few minutes of a team? You're not a fan of playing an FCS opponent. I don't think so. Cause why would you that an no, FCS yeah. game is entirely for your fan base. It's yeah. just an extra game to sell tickets. So like, I don't get, Oh, I'd say that too. I'm just, I'm just, lengthening his podcast thought by thought the other thing is i complained about this a lot last year at ucf opening with boise i love that they're opening with an fcs team especially oh, yeah. when you're breaking in a quarterback well presumably if it's not mikey either way especially when you've had a quarterback battle starting with an fcs and not a big game is awesome like that is a huge advantage you can so, extend the quarterback battle into week one if you want i think they should i think all three should get a ton of reps in that and i think all three will probably yeah like I don't, I don't think that away, but I mean, we saw that in 2019. Remember, Brandon Wimbush was the starter for that season, and then Gabriel came in and just, by like the like by the end of the first half, right? It was like midway through the second quarter. Gabriel came yeah. in and just was amazing, and then that was it. That <laughs> was that was curtains <laughs> for Wimbush, unfortunately. Wimbush. So yeah, yeah, I, I just so I, that's that's really advantageous. Like opening with Louisville or something would suck when you're not even totally sure, unless one quarterback just blows it away in spring. But I don't really expect that to happen. So. Yeah, it's a good advantage. All right, we want to do it. We want to list out game by game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Am I right. am I going to read these out? I'll read them out. No, I'm going to do it because I no because I want you okay. to give. This is how we always do it. I don't give an opinion. You do. So let's do it. <laughs> game one, SC State win or loss? When? Can you explain why? Do I have to? No. Okay. Uh, game two, Louisville Friday night. I'm just going to say loss. That's that's what? the loss I'm going to say. Oh God. Okay. All right, UCF's one and one. Um, they've lost the four votes they were getting in the poll. All right, they're heading out on the road to FAU. When? Nice. All right, they're hosting Georgia Tech. When? Nice. They're hosting SMU. <laughs> when? Oh boy, are we just going to do this? Okay. Probably. Right, so, they're, so they're four and one. They're getting votes again. All right, they have a bye. Um, back in 2018, there was lots of jokes about that. Um, all right, hosting Temple, space game. When? Six and one. They're receiving even more votes. Uh, at East Carolina. Isn't that five and one? 
One, two, three, four, five. Five and one. They're receiving it in more votes. <laughs> yep. At East Carolina. When? Bam. They're six and one heading into Cincinnati, just as I predicted. I was right. And just to make that a big game, they have snuck into the poll. They're now number 24. They are facing unranked Cincinnati, who's coming off a surprise <laughs> upset to Memphis. Okay. Cincinnati. When? <laughs> oh, my it's, God. It's, it's, hey, it's February. I don't care. It's February. This isn't. All right. They're seven and one. They've moved up to like 20th. All right. Now they're heading out on the road to Memphis. When? Eight and one. Nice. Uh, they, they, you they know where I'm up, going already. They moved up to 18th, but the CFP ranking started this week. So they're actually down to 25th. Yeah. Um, all right. At Tulane. When? Oh, good Lord. Okay. Uh, hosting Navy. When? <laughs> and going on the road to US. When? There you when? have it, everybody. The thing is I looked at the schedule and I was like, I don't even know. Like, I can't imagine them losing two games on this schedule. And I was like, but which one are they going to lose? And the three that I settled on were Louisville, SMU, or Cincinnati. And I don't know why I just chose Louisville arbitrarily chose Louisville as the one I was going to say the loss to here. I don't even really know if I believe they're going to lose to Louisville. It's just, I, I can't say they're going to go 12 and no. We have departed from last year's peg. You guys are in for a different Pegasus podcast than you got last off season. We're just the hype train for UCF 2022. <laughs> now you heard it here first. UCF is going 11 and one with the one loss to Louisville. Is it bad that I don't like that? Like, I'm not saying with they the, should be 12 the and 0. One like, being to Louisville. I'd rather it be someone else. Because I like to be able this, to go in ahead. this case. In this, well, in, the, in this scenario, they would be hosting the conference championship game. Unless Houston also went undefeated. I guess. But what, what does it come down to from there? Uh, uh, ranking. Oh, does it? Yeah. Do so if Houston went undefeated, be, well, yeah, are we 12 and 0? I don't know, I don't man. Know Houston's supposed to be good. They're returning Clayton Tune, who for oh, their some schedule is so still... easy again. Is it though? They open with UTSA. I forgot UTSA was good last year. They're also so like they're, they're not going to lose to UTSA. I also think UTSA. Wow, some nice uh, P five bias already. Um, <laughs> I also think UTSA has a chip on their shoulder because they are the new Texas AAC team playing the departing Texas AAC team. Actually, they, Actually okay, they could they could lose that game. Man. Yeah, they could, no, they could totally open and lose to UTSA. They could lose to Texas Tech the week after. Yeah, they're not going to lose to Kansas or Rice, which are their next two games. But also, or also like I, the rest of their games, maybe SMU. I could see Houston dropping UTSA, Texas Tech, Memphis, SMU, and ECU. Not all of those. Like I'm just yeah, saying, those just, are the games. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it'll be interesting. But yeah, it's. I don't like that 11 and one is like what I'm, what I'm going with this early. All right. Let me see another question. Who the quarterback is, but let me ask you another question. So UCF, they beat USF. I'm assuming handily on a Saturday to finish 11 and one. Yeah. Who was the quarterback in that game? In the USF game? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't know. It's not easy. Yeah. I would say. Is it bad that I don't think it would either be JRP or Tommy? You don't think it'll be Mikey? For some reason, I don't, but I don't even know why. Listen, I think it's safe to say Mikey's the underdog in this race because he's not the prototypical Gus Malzahn quarterback. Yeah. I just point out that, you know, he wasn't last year either, and he's still Hobbs, yeah. Parker, Navarro, and Joey Gatewood in the depth and chart. And I just imagine, too, though, hurt. that, like, if they're 11-1, and one, it's just, like, whoever, whoever ends up the starter from the beginning. Like, if, if JRP wins the job, I would assume that, like, and they're – on this run, they're up to 11 and one. I would assume that he's still the quarterback. Like, I don't know. They would make a quarterback change at like seven and one, unless their defense is carrying them and their offense is horrible. I mean, it's a totally different coaching staff, but I mean, they made a quarterback change after beating an FCS team in 2019. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I do think it's interesting, though, is that like I think that there is at least a chance that we see a quarterback change after a win this year. I do think that's all. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. And to like to wrap up something, I I said 11 and one. I think if you ask me, like, what did I expect him to do? I would say 10 and two or 11 and one. That would be my podcast. I posted a poll about an hour before we hopped on here. I saw the the early results of this. And so I asked, now that you've seen the schedule, what is your expectation for UCF football in 2022? 49% 49% of fans said 12 and 0 or 11 and 1. So not much has changed from every other year. Um, 41% said 10 and 2, which kind of surprised me. 8% said 9 and 3, and 2% said 8 or 4 or 8 and 4 or worse. I assume those are my Cincinnati followers. Um, <laughs> so the majority of the votes so far have gone for 10 and 2 or worse. It's 51 to 49. So if I had just well, like not even looking at like breaking down specific games, just I, I would predict 10 and 2. I yeah. think that's a fair prediction, but until we know the quarterback situation and that can fluctuate it a bit, a bit more than a bit, who knows? So yeah, that's yeah. I, like Again, I said, it's, the, it's February 17th. So when was the last season that we didn't like, we're at this stage and we don't really have any idea who the quarterback is going to be. Um, I, mean, I mean, literally I can't think of a season. No. Because it was, I mean, it was always going into the season. It was always one like we knew it was gonna be that guy, and yeah, thought, oh maybe it could be somebody after like by the end of the season. But I don't remember. I'm trying to go back in my head. Twenty obviously we knew it was Dylan. Twenty one same. Nineteen we all knew it was gonna be Wimbush. Uh, once Matt got hurt. Eighteen obviously knew it was Milton. Seventeen knew it was Milton. Sixteen knew it was gonna be Holman. Fifteen knew it was gonna be Holman. Fourteen knew it was gonna be DeNovo, but that didn't last long. Um, but again, it, it, there was no debate about well, that. How, Thirteen board. Oh, how long so it's probably that like quarterback it, battle go on. Who, which one between DeNovo and um, Holman? So I'm trying to remember how that went because I was pretty young, but I think that like the fans sort of expected Holman and then O'Leary was just kind of like, surprise, it's DeNovo. I don't remember if he named them in fall camp or spring. Mm. Um, this, yeah, I, I think the last time back. would be the like Bortles Godfrey battle, which is like kind of crazy to Very think about. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Some people yeah. listen to this are like, who? What's going to help? Like, what's going to help though is just that. Some of the guys that are returning, the transfer class, they've got a good recruiting class. I mean, like, I feel like there's so much – like, the biggest question mark is probably the quarterback position. It's the only major question mark to me. Yeah, I can't think of any other that I'm like, oh, I'm not sure how that group's going to be. Like, I think the defense is going to be very good. I wrote about that after the Gasparilla Bowl. Even though um, they now lost Tatum, Bethune, and Cam since whatever, that article. Replaced them. <laughs> they've replaced them. Um, I shouldn't have – I mean, I, like, in hindsight, I'm like, wow. Like, I probably should have known that this was going to come. But I, I don't know. I don't think – I mean, I I'm know. not as I, torn I, up about the Cam Good one just because D line was an area of strength and yeah, they brought in. It's more hunter. just that like and I should have like oh I should have taken the transfer portal into effect or into account, but like I even if I had, I don't think I would have been like oh Tatum's going to transfer. It wasn't a thing that I was like on my radar. Yeah, the Tatum one came out of nowhere. The Cam Good one, they were like off and on rumblings for a while, but I don't I like up until the week it happened, I don't think anyone knew anything about Tatum. But either way, yeah. they've brought in two linebackers since then, one of which a former five star. So right, they would, that's the portal that gives and it takes. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing is like the initial excitement about the schedule coming out. I was like, oh, sick. I wrote it all on my calendar and like looking forward to it. And then it came up and I was like, we're still a little bit away from spring ball. So a little <laughs> bit. A long, we got to figure out. Uh, we got to figure out what uh, road game we're going to do for yeah. Memphis or Tulane. I'm assuming we're not we do. doing Greenville. I would. I mean, let me look at the I would probably be down for Greenville, honestly, but it's up to you. We'll talk about it. There. We, we will have, talk we about it, but I can tell you right now we're not doing Greenville. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm saying I'm get... down for it, but I'm not flying somewhere and then renting a car to drive somewhere else. Okay. I'm not doing that. Is there no airport in Greenville? No, there's no airport in Greenville. 
Which, by the way, that scenario I just got described, flying somewhere than renting a car, is like the entire Big 12 conference late. So that's going to be great <laughs> in the future. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, that's the thing is we were going to wrap up here, but actually some stuff came up. Um, oh, yeah, with, they did. Within the last couple of days. Because like earlier this week, we recorded the podcast, did our normal segments, did Tweet of the Week. And then we're like, all right, we might come back with a bonus episode. We're back with the bonus episode. We weren't going to do Tweet of the Week because we already did it this week. But within the last couple of days, we've just gotten bombarded with just some of the worst things I've ever seen, worst takes, worst like thoughts, like the fact that these people have even thought of these things and then put them onto Twitter. It's hilarious to me. So we've got tweet of the last couple of days here. I don't know if you've picked one in particular or if we're just going to talk about Oklahoma fans and their inability to think rationally. I have a couple that stood out. So okay. To give you the backdrop of this, if you are listening to this and don't know what we're talking about, which would be a shock because it's been all Twitter the last couple of days, is Mackenzie Milton launched this thing. What was it? Mission Control, yeah. which is like a UCF, like like a, kind of like an NIL thing. Like you pay money for an account and you get to do like fan events with UCF players and I think be in a chat room or like a dungeon type thing with them or whatever. And Milton was talking about it. And I'm just going to read you. He went on Mike Bianchi's radio show. I'm just going to read you exactly what was said. Milton says, when you have great fan experiences, great experiences on campus, and it's lucrative, that's the best recruiting pitch possible. Would you rather be in Orlando, Florida, or somewhere in the Midwest? It's kind of a no-brainer. Mike Bianchi says, go ahead and say Lincoln, Nebraska. I dare you. Milton says, what about Norman, Oklahoma? Which UCF fans all love because it's just a shot at Dylan. Oklahoma <laughs> fans lost their goddamn minds. at the Like, lost their minds. I have never seen, like, I've had a lot of interactions with the fan bases, never seen one go so ballistic over the idea that Orlando is a cooler place to live than Norman freaking Oklahoma <laughs> lost their goddamn minds. And I, I just, I don't like, I've never, I know Oklahoma has a huge fan base. So pulling back the curtain, you guys know me, I get into a lot of fan bases. I have a do not engage list of several teams that I don't like do because I know it'll be bad for my mentions and Oklahoma was on that list, but I had to break it because I know their fan base is huge, but whatever it had to deal with it. They're delusional. I mean, it was literally, it was just, I, cause a lot of them came back, back with like, well, Oklahoma is a million times the program UCF is. And it's like, yeah, we freaking know. No one was arguing that you still live in a tiny ass crappy town in Oklahoma that no one would ever visit unless they were born there or going to school there to play at Oklahoma. And that's fine. You're still really good. Congrats. But this, like it's fan bases of sports at their worst that every fan base and, and UCF's guilty of it sometimes too, has to believe that they have the best everything like Oklahoma fans cannot comprehend the idea that there might be a place better to live than Norman, Oklahoma. So it just became a giant thing. Milton got attacked by everybody. It just turned into this big mess. So I have a couple of tweets that stand out because I've been fighting with a bunch of folks. So I have to call out one. There was some guy, his name is Spencer Friedman, Oklahoma fan, and replied to me and said, what's actually sad is UCF fans think that their school is even remotely relevant in sports and education. Education? <laughs> Guys, I'm going to pull back the curtain if you don't know a lot about education. Oklahoma is a horrible school, they, like a terrible school. They let everybody in. They have an 80% acceptance rate. And you know why? Because they're in Norman, Oklahoma. So, and UCF, of course, as we all know, is actually a very good university. They're pretty highly nationally. I think their acceptance rate is like 44%. That sidelines UCF account posts that graphic that UCF leads the new Big 12, even if you want to throw in Texas and Oklahoma, in acceptance rate and average GPA and average SET score and average ACT score. Sometimes you don't realize like Cincinnati is also a really bad school. Like I feel like people get like foot, and I'm not saying that to be mean, it's just not a very good school. Like people kind of get that mixed up in their heads, football program versus like actual university. Most of the big football schools are bad. UCF is the rare one where it's a good school and a good football team, which is pretty cool. So that was one. And then this one takes it. I just, there were a lot to reference, but this one has to take it. This is Chris Williams, Oklahoma fan. I have him on here. 
tweeted, wasn't the take that UCF was a better place for recruits because Orlando is such a cool city? That's the dumbest take I've heard. Besides, we don't want any player that even considers UCF. So the issue there for Chris Williams was, I guess, they did, he or she did not realize who Oklahoma's quarterback currently is, um, who is someone who not only considered UCF, but played here for several years. So I, I just, yeah. and has continued to argue in my mind, like, I just left them alone after that. Like, all through today and yesterday continues to argue with UCF fans that what they said was correct because you don't recruit transfers. Yeah. That was the next one that I was just, he says, who's going to tell you that Oklahoma didn't recruit him. Transfers come from all over the place. So they just pop up. Like they just, Dylan just showed up. Yeah. Yeah. It literally just, he just (laughs) materialized on campus one day. So my gosh, I I get into it with Cincinnati fans a lot. And I have to say that I have to give Cincinnati fans a little bit of credit, you know, because they will argue with me with facts. Like they will be like, well, we beat you or like, well, this Oklahoma (laughs) fans are just nuts. Like they just like literally like just stupid, like immature jokes and crap. Like I've never argued with such a dumb fan base, which man, what a time. My last, my last contribution here and then we'll get out of here is, um, there's actually, so a USF fan was actually defending Mackenzie Milton, which was very weird to see. So someone, someone posted the article about McKenzie. It says McKenzie dumps on Oklahoma, Nebraska, blah, blah, blah. And so some guy, this guy is skinny, skinny Rado. I don't know if that actually, I don't know if that's like a, a term that I shouldn't have said on the podcast. Let's just not say it again in case. Okay, I well, know. yeah. He replies and says, solid offer sheet, offer sheet, bro, and tags McKenzie Milton with like the offers that he got in college. And a USF fan replied and was like, can't believe I'm siding with UCF fans. Um, and it says, if you would have been down on your knees if he announced he was transferring pre-injury. And then this guy replies and says, pre-injury, the dude got hurt? To be honest, I had to Google his name to figure out he played college football. I thought the original article was from The Onion. No one knows the dude outside you, you three and his family. So, yeah, Mackenzie Milton, top 10, top 10 in Heisman voting twice. No one knows who that is. Yeah, but uh, Oklahoma's, is like Oklahoma's best, quarterbacks actually win the Heisman. The best, sto- the best story of college football in the last couple of years, him returning to the field after a catastrophic injury. Never heard of him. Didn't see any of the, any of the highlights, any of the stories or features on him. No one knows who that is. You know what? I, be- I believe that they don't know who he is, though, because when you live in a town that probably only gets two or three good hours of electricity each <laughs> night, like that you probably don't hear. Like, I'm pretty sure that these people just wake up. I don't even know what they do in their little town because there's nothing to do there. They just head to the football stadium, which is the one building that seats more than 10 people in that entire town, probably. Watch their Oklahoma team. Yeah, go Sooners. And they go home. They, they probably don't even know teams in their own conference. So that I totally believe they don't know who, who you or uh, who McKenzie Milton is. So, which again, it all comes back to, again, they keep saying a bunch of them coming back to Oklahoma is a better program. No UCF fan is wild enough to think that UCF is a better program than Oklahoma. Oklahoma is one of the top three or four programs in all of college football. That doesn't change that you live in a tiny town in Oklahoma. And there's no argument that that would be a better place to live than Orlando, which is one of the tourism capitals of the world. It's just stupid. And if you're delusional enough to convince yourself to think that because the idea of your team not being number one in anything is that frightening, frankly, you need help. You need help. <laughs> so that's so our, our parting sorry. words. Our parting words to Oklahoma fans, get help. Seek I help. pray that Oklahoma makes a trip to the bounce house in 2023 because they those Oklahoma fans have no idea what's going to hit them. They're going to have to like get their little TV antenna wires all right <laughs> to be able to watch it. But man, they're, they're going to have no idea what hit them. Anyways. Um, we're going to get out of here. This bonus episode turned into pretty much like a full episode. I just made myself um, unemployable in the state of Oklahoma. I hope it was worth it. Uh, it was, I'm sure it was worth it. I, I promise really it was. Work there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this bonus episode. Please go back and listen to episode 60 as well. We started our UCF, our all-time UCF football draft. 
We'll be back again next week with episode 62, which is when we'll wrap up the all-time UCF football draft with the defensive side of the ball. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at DailyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Once again, thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.